podcast that brings you conversations that are critical to managing and governing condos, cooperatives, and homeowner associations. I'm your host, Tony Campisi, Executive Director of the Keystone Chapter of Community Associations Institute. Tune in each episode for the insights and information that are key to inspiring professionalism, effective leadership, and responsible citizenship, ideals reflected in community associations that are preferred places to call home. Today, I'm speaking with Thurman Brendlinger, Program Director for the Clean Air Council. Our topic today is all about clean air. More specifically, how a community association can go smoke-free, reduce indoor air pollution, and the keys to a good smoke-free policy. We'll also learn a little bit about the Clean Air Council. Before we get to our topic today, here's a brief word from our sponsor, Hoffman HOA Law. I'm Ed Hoffman with Hoffman Law, LLC. Hoffman Law, LLC is a recognized leader in community association law. We're known for our responsiveness, legal acumen, leadership in the association industry, and our unwavering focus and commitment to education. You can learn more about us at our website, hoffmanhoalaw.com. Hoffman Law LLC is proud to sponsor this episode of the Community Matters Podcast. Thurman, welcome to Community Matters Podcast. Please tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and the Clean Air Council. Well, thank you for having us here today, Tony. Um, Clean Air Council is a member-supported nonprofit environmental organization dedicated to protecting everyone's right to a healthy environment. The council is headquartered in Philadelphia and works through public education, community advocacy, and government oversight to ensure enforcement of environmental laws. The council assists individuals with outdoor and indoor air pollution sources. So uh, Thurman, tell me, what's the territory that the Clean Air Council covers? Because we have listeners, our our chapter covers all of Pennsylvania, parts of South Jersey and and Delaware. So what, how far and wide do you go? Clean Air Council is a regional nonprofit. Um, We have an office also in Delaware um, and we do some work um, in New Jersey. Uh, as well as um, throughout Pennsylvania. We've been a regional nonprofit for actually over 50 years. That's great. We're, we're approaching 52, <laughs> our, our, our association. You mentioned indoor air pollution sources. How does that impact community associations, condominiums, etc.? cetera? Um, secondhand smoke uh, is the smoke from a burning tobacco product like a cigarette, cigar, pipe, and hookah. The health dangers of exposure to involuntary tobacco smoke were described by the Surgeon General in a 2006 report, and those dangers are very serious. Over 7,000 chemicals are in secondhand smoke. Many of them are carcinogenic. Adult exposure to secondhand smoke has immediate effects on the cardiovascular system and can eventually cause heart disease and lung cancer. For children, the effects are likewise detrimental with acute respiratory infections and compounded asthma symptoms. Basically, tobacco smoke uh, impacts every part of the human body um, and is deleterious to those parts of the human body. 
The Surgeon General in that report declared that there are no safe levels of secondhand smoke. In the condominium setting, many individuals can be exposed to secondhand smoke, not just people living together in the same unit. Smoke can travel up under doors, up hallways, through ventilation systems, cracks between units, and even through light fixtures and outlet boxes. The only way to fully protect owners in a condominium is to adopt a smoke-free policy. Clean Air Council has been working on smoke-free multi-unit housing since 2008. We've had great success with public housing, market rate housing, and now we're looking more at condominium and homeowners associations accepting these type of policy changes in their rules and regulations. And so we're here to assist folks with that process. Thurman, you mentioned uh, cigarette, cigar, pipe, hookah. What about vaping? That's relatively new, but is that is that uh, it's considered secondhand smoke? I mean, that's just a serious, right? Uh, yes, it's, uh, it can't be as serious. There's a, more research being done around vapor coming from, they're actually called um, nicotine delivery systems and the, the effects that they have uh, on people. Uh, in particular, those effects might be even more extreme because of the small particle nature of the emissions from those types of delivery systems. So they should be considered um, in any policy change. Uh, and also it's an enforcement issue that makes it much easier to enforce that if you have all smoking related products included in your smoke-free policy, then it's much easier to enforce. So you mentioned, yes, uh, smoke-free policies that, that community associations can adopt. Don't they violate or, or impact someone's quote-unquote right to smoke? Uh, no, there, there's no constitutional right to smoke. Um, uh, smokers legally are not a protected class. And so when you're establishing a smoke-free policy, um, you're not telling a smoker they cannot smoke. All that you're stating is that they cannot smoke indoors and anywhere that the policy states. So you you're, still have a right to smoke, um, but it's outside of the, the purview of the, the policy. So what can the Clean Air Council do for a, a community association, an HOA or a condominium that, that is interested in a smoke-free policy? Um, well, the council can work closely with uh, the association. Uh, in fact, we are working with a number of associations right now um, at, at various levels, um, uh, discussing uh, and educating residents with this one situation. Um, they're in the early stages, so they wanted a, a residential education campaign um, about the dangers of secondhand smoke, uh, why this is a, a great policy for them um, health-wise, um, financially. Um, so we're in that process now with a couple of um, condominium associations um, 
and uh, we have written materials that we can offer to associations about the advantages of going smoke-free. Um, we, we've done presentations uh, for residents. Um, so we, plus we have uh, resources for those who want to quit. Um, there are local resources of either virtual um, quit sessions or in, even in-person quit sessions now that we've um, seem to be out of the pandemic. Um, and also there's the, the quit line that um, Pennsylvania State Department of Health has, 1-800-QUIT-NOW. Uh, so there's numerous resources. Um, our services are free to the condominium association. Um, the resources we um, gain for them are free to the, the condominium association. So um, those resources are there and we encourage folks to take advantage of those resources. Thurman, what are some of the keys to a good smoke-free policy? Great question. Uh, yes, it's well, like any policies for condominium associations, uh, you know, pet policies, you know, other outdoor lighting policies, uh, it's key to have be as specific as possible around uh, defining what smoking is. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier uh, that it's burning tobacco like cigars, cig uh, pipes, hookah, um, and cigarettes. Um, but we encourage a condominium and homeowners association to include marijuana and e-cigarette usage for two reasons. One, it's it's much easier if you have everything that is covered under smoking in the policy, it's much easier to enforce that policy and there's less ambiguity uh, with the policy if you include those other um, instruments of smoking. So that's, that's one component. Another one is uh, be specific as um, where smoking is prohibited. We've had situations where policies, policy did not include outdoor patios. And so the smoke went into other uh, folks' apartments. You have to be specific as to where smoking is prohibited. Some um, designate outdoor smoking areas. We certainly don't encourage that. We've seen some that look towards excluding all indoor and outdoor areas. Um, and that would mean folks would have to go off the property. That might be a, a little bit more difficult to implement, but um, we're seeing that as a possibility. So the, the key is to be specific as to where the smoking is prohibited and that there is no ambiguity for homeowners on that. And then um, how will the rule be enforced? A set of fines and notices as to the fines that might be implemented and, and the enforcement mechanism, that is key with this type of policy adjustment. Tell me uh, and our listeners, what are the benefits of going smoke-free? 
Well, there's numerous benefits. I mean, it, it, certainly it's to improve the comfort of uh, residents, staff, and visitors. Their health will improve, and you know the building will smell better. <laughs> you won't have leakage into other uh, other people's homes or into the hallways. Um, so it's it just improves the, the comfort level considerably. Also, it uh, increases property values. Um, uh, the city of Philadelphia actually did a, a study of realtors in the uh, Delaware Valley survey of those realtors, and it was uh, near unanimous that a smoke-free home is much easier to sell than a home that had allowed smoking in, in the past. Interestingly, in homes that have allowed smoking, there's uh, areas that absorb the smoke, and that smoke remains no matter what. And there's toxins being emitted from um, curtains and carpeting and other surfaces well past when smokers have, have left. That's called third-hand smoke, and there's a lot more study being done around that. Um, but again, it's a, a, a big factor around uh, property values. Um, and then, two, it reduces... Uh, re resident conflicts. Uh, I'm sure, Tony, you've uh, heard more and more residents complaining about secondhand smoke um, uh, to your boards and, you know, what, what to do about that. So if you have a policy that doesn't allow smoking, then um, that type of conflict is eliminated. Also, saving money, right? the, the financial aspects of this are huge. Um, you can save money on maintenance and repairs. I've talked to, uh, actually, well, this is an apartment building, but they actually had to replace all of the drywall in a smoker's apartment because it was so penetrated by secondhand smoke and, and thirdhand smoke. Uh, there's also a potential insurance premium savings for the condominium association that we encourage associations to look into. Um, if they go smoke-free. And then it also, it, it's a huge safety factor. It's a, a smoke-free policy helps extinguish the, the leading cause of residential fires in multi-unit housing. And so that is a huge, important factor that associations should take a look at. A lot of benefits there. You mentioned um, uh financial benefits. Um, are there financial incentive programs available to a community association to help out with this process of going smoke-free? There are. It's it's limited. I, the city of Philadelphia has a mini-grant program called the Smoke-Free Multi-Unit Housing Initiative. Um, and those are, mini-grants are available to condominiums um, only within the city of Philadelphia um, that are considering a smoke-free policy. Clean Air Council actually administers that grant program, and there's a possibility of up to $2,000 available for qualified expenses toward implementing a smoke-free policy. That has not been taken advantage of by condominiums thus far, and we'd love to see that happen, and we encourage any uh, City of Philadelphia condominiums or homeowners associations uh, that want to go smoke-free, we have that mini grant program available and uh, ready for um, possible usage on that. 
Well, maybe you'll get some interest after after we release this podcast. That's why we're doing this, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, so, I guess final thoughts. Any any points you'd like to make about the smoke free program at the Clean Air Council before we sign off? A, a couple of points. One, um, again, we've been doing this since two thousand and eight in settings like uh, public housing, and it's there's a fear that you know it won't work. And it has worked in public housing. People get it. And they are now understanding why it's an important public health initiative. And they're able to take advantage of the uh, smoke-free living that's in their community now. So um, we want to see more condominiums do the same. And and, uh, we appreciate uh, uh, you, Tony, for your great support of uh, our initiative. Um, We've participated with your annual conference. Uh, This is actually, this year will be your number five of participation and um, it's a a great conference and we definitely enjoy it. And we've gotten a lot of um, interest and activity uh, directly as a result of that conference. And so uh, again, we thank you for your support of uh, this smoke-free living um, in condominiums and I'd like to see more happen. And hopefully after this podcast, we'll have a, a flood of calls to uh, us at the Clean Air Council. Go to our website, cleanair.org and um, find out more about the, the council and our multi-unit housing program. So again, Tony, thanks for your support on this. Well, we do get questions uh, frequently, Thurman, about uh, smoke-free policies, complaints about uh, odors and, and smoke going from one unit to another. So it's definitely a topic. And with, and with the, the onset of not only medical marijuana, but likely recreational marijuana, that, that's uh, certainly going to continue. So thank you for joining me today for this episode of Community Matters Podcast. You can find more information about the Clean Air Council by visiting their website at www.cleanair.org. Thanks for listening to Community Matters. We're glad to have your attention for a short time. And thanks once more to the sponsor of Community Matters podcast, Hoffman HOA Law. You can find them on the web at hoffmanhoalaw.com. Interested in being a guest on an upcoming episode of Community Matters? Reach out to me at Tony, T-O-N-Y, at C-A-I-Keystone.org. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you'll get notifications every time we post a new episode. And please share our podcast with your colleagues and friends. For more resources and best practices on managing and governing your condominium, cooperative, or homeowners association, please contact CAI or visit our website at www.caikeystone.org. Thanks again for listening.